candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm Dr. Dina, your hostess with the mostest when it comes to cannabis in hash. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, I have a very special guest. One of my closest friends is joining us on the phone, and he happens to be someone that I met in a very peculiar situation. I have been friends with this actor named Charlie Hunnam for many years. He happens to be the star of the show Sons of Anarchy. He played Jax Teller. And... He, for years, would ask me to watch this show called Sons of Anarchy. And I used to tell him, I don't like the name of the show. It doesn't sound like something I want to watch. I have too much stuff to do. I work really hard. I don't have time to watch the show. And so for years, I know I insulted my friend by not watching the show. Finally, he came to me and said, Dina, I need you to do me a favor. I'm having people over. I want you to get to know my friends. They're all on the show, and they're all going to be insulted if you don't know who they are so just watch a couple episodes so i went home that night i watched a couple episodes with you know knowing that these people were possibly going to become friends of mine one day maybe and i should know who they are i fell in love with the show and i started watching and i got really really into it and then one day you know i i met a couple of the characters on the show and, and it was fun and we became friendly and then charlie came to me one day and said dina do me a favor I have this friend who is from Northern California, and he's staying in L.A. He's one of my closest friends. He's like a brother to me. And I'm leaving to go to Europe to film this movie. And, you know, can you just look out for him? Because it's nice to have people to hang out with, you know, when you're not from L.A., to at least meet people that are cool and from the same neighborhood. So Charlie set up this meeting, and I, and I got to meet David LaBrava, who plays Happy on the show Sons of Anarchy. And I was so excited but a little nervous because Happy is a – very intimidating character who's a little scary and, you know, someone that you might not think that you might become friends with. And I got to know this guy who's become like my bestie, my brother from another mother. And he, to me, is just such a teddy bear and he's so freaking funny. And I would like to welcome him today to talk about all things L.A. cannabis newsworthy and what he's been up to. Please welcome David LaBrava. Hello, everybody. <laughs> That's all we get? Uh, hello, everybody. How are you doing? Oh, I'm lovely. DL, how are you this morning? I'm good. It was a real long night. Sometimes we stay up very late here watching movies one after another, just chewing up movies one after another, and last night was one of those nights. Well, like, I if just it wasn't to... you, Dina, this, if it wasn't you, this, this interview would have got canceled today. Well, I just, like I said, I wanted to start with saying that I am blown away that I have this opportunity to have you on my podcast. And this is something that I wanted to do for a long time. I know I've been bugging you for months. This is my first, uh, first one. I have to do one in a week or two. And I know that I promised you that when I finally do one and when I feel that there's something worth saying, you get the first one. So here we're doing the first one. Don't sound so sad about that because I'm so excited. Oh, no, right I'm in a good now. mood. I got a big <laughs> smile on my face. And part of that smile has to do with this one substance that you like. I was in Las Vegas. 
for a glass convention a few months back, and I went out there with Adam Ill, you guys all know, getting high with, and we had him out on the show not too long ago. You, you know Adam. Oh, I got a so, story about that. I'm sure you do. So we went to Vegas to go to this glass show, and David Labrava, DL, who I affectionately refer to as DL, met us out there, and you were in your hotel room, and I, I got there early in the morning, and you said, do me a favor and go pick up some espresso for me, some coffee. So I said, okay. And you proceeded to tell me to get you eight shots of espresso. And when I stood in line and I asked someone for eight shots of espresso, everyone looked at me like, wow, you are intense. It's I'm 10 like, now these days. Okay, well, I can't even handle one, but I brought you your, your cup of eight shots of espresso, and you wake up very, very quickly after that. So did you enjoy your espresso this morning? Yes, I did. I'm an insane Cuban coffee. Cafe Bostello. Like, uh, I'm originally from Miami. My mom lives in Miami. If you read my book, you'd see, but we'll get to it later. But, like, you like, uh, you remember Scarface, where they are at the coffee counter right in the beginning of the movie when Tony and Manny work there. And he says, Say go to sandwich, man. He says, That's how the sandwich comes. Remember that? And he says, I'm, And Tony takes him away. Well, they, every one of those counters are all over Miami. You grow up, or all around those. And they always use Cafe Bostello or Cafe Pilon in a yellow can that is a, I ain't doing no plug for Cafe Bostello but I'll tell you what I've had Italians in my house and I made them coffee and they look right at me and go brother this is the best coffee I have ever had and I am yeah. from Italy so DL likes his coffee so if you guys want to send him some coffee feel free to do so he likes that very much but it's all good I got coffee and my producer just wants to make a little comment that he agrees that those are the best coffees so you are not alone on that one so let's talk about how you got involved with Sons because you weren't necessarily an actor, right, before the show. I know that you had starred in certain things. In the I'm, I'm going to well through it real fast because that way we'll get a lot of information out for these people. The fans who, like Frank Sinatra said, without the fans, we are dead. That means me and Dina and every other person in this industry. Without the fans, we're dead. Okay, so that's real clear how I got into the show. I recently just completed a book, which was a big thing. 143,000 words, 364 pages. It's called Becoming a Son, My Journey from the Street to the Screen. So just in a nutshell, I know we can't ramble on, Hollywood came to me three times. The first time Hollywood came to me, I didn't have the first clue about that this was an opportunity. I got flown to South Africa to be work on and be in from dusk till dawn. I left because I didn't like it there because it wasn't the coolest vibration there when I was there. So we're going back, you know, quite a few years, like I would say 14 years. Then, let's say seven years, I don't know, like a few years after that, a guy named Salman King met me. He just passed away recently. He did the Red Shoe Diaries in nine and a half weeks, and In God's Hands, a surfing movie, and a, he had a thing on HBO called Chromium Blue. He met me in a restaurant. Well, that guy taught me how to use the camera, and I used to always write. I wrote for a magazine called Old School Rods, and I wrote for another magazine called The Horse. It's a motorcycle magazine. And this guy met me in a restaurant, flew me to L.A., made me the host of a, a video that, like, a really person who really searches hard could find it. It's called Whiplash ZK. And I'm the host of it. Ice tea is in it. And just all kinds of like extreme things, like sports and skating and this and that. That was the second time Hollywood came to me, and it was like sort of, you know what? Opportunity can make a home invasion on your life, but it's up to you to see it. Well, I couldn't really see it because I was just a little too far gone. I kind of got it. 
so when the third time came to me, which is when I met Kurt Sutter, I realized that, wow, life is dealing you these cards again really good right now, and it's up to you to see this. And I saw it, and now you, now this is where we're doing an interview. Oh, my gosh. But you were more than just a character on the show, Sons. You were more of like, you started off as a technical advisor, right? And then became... I was the you, technical advisor for the entire seven years. I'm the longest human being involved with that project. And if you guys uh, watch so Sons that, of Anarchy, everyone knows that if you were on that show, it's like your days were numbered. And as having so many friends on that show, every time a script would come out, you guys right. would all run and read, yeah, you, to, read to the end to see if your name was in there. <laughs> yeah, you never knew, basically, when your number was up. And after seeing in the first seasons a couple people... Like, you get to work that day, like, oh, my God, he got killed. And the guy who got killed didn't even show up yet. And he's about to come to the table read and realize that he is going to get killed in this episode right now. So, yes, it definitely became a thing that if you were not a series regular, like if you were not Charlie, Tommy, Boone, Kim, Theo, Ryan, if you were not somebody that was very big, Katie then for sure you lived with the thing. I, you know what? That's probably almost even, any Even those like guys, that. even those guys lived with it because, you know, even Ryan got taken out. So it's really interesting to see, you know, you really live with that fear. But we're going to take a really sharp break. We're going to, I'm going to take a quick smoke break. But when we come back, we're going to be joined with David Labrava, who I refer to as DL, my brother from another mother and star of Sons of Anarchy, writer of amazing things. And we will be talking about all of that when we come back. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Thanks for staying here and listening to our sponsors. We're back with David Labrava. So, DL, we're talking about living with that fear every day. 
you know, not knowing if you're going to be X'd from a show and you made it to the end. So congratulations. That was really, really Thank difficult. Thank you. It's all about seeing those opportunities, taking every opportunity that comes your way, seeing them when they come your way, and then capitalizing upon that. You know what I mean? I was sitting in like, like if you saw that Snoop Dogg show that you got us on, just like like I said, like he said, how we do that? I, I was I was doing tattoos in a shop. I'm a glass artist by trade. That's how I make my living. And you get dropped into a television show. Coach, like I'm going to put you on my show. Whoa! Now we're going to run with the ball. Somebody just threw you the ball. Let's see how far you can go. Can you get to the goalpost? And then beyond that, and even much more important and much bigger than any of all of this. Yeah, the best part of all of this is was I made my mom proud. That's it. That's something you your whole life. Made my mom proud. Wow, man, because I wasn't a walk in the park. No, but to uh, me, DL, I think something else happened. I think that you discovered no, yeah, he gave me your a voice. gift. Yeah, but you also discovered your gift for writing then, too, because I know I that you... I was writing for 10 years before I met that dude. Well, I think that when you, when you co-wrote one of the episodes for the show that kind of, like, gave you that other bug of, you know what, I, I could do this, too... And that's All right, so that happened in season snowball. four, and I want to back up how I said that dude. I'm talking about Kurt, and I'm nothing but grateful. And I mean that. Absolutely grateful and appreciative of what happened to me. I know, if, like, if, you, if anybody scrolls on my Twitter, you could see, wow, this guy's in something to save the planet. Because the planet needs saving, you know? And if you got a chance to say something, I don't know, that the media is weird like that. Like, if you're just doing your job, not too many people listen. But, uh... If you're in the media, I got to say, like, like, unfortunately, we just lost another shining light on this planet. I did not know him. So imagine that Prince passed away. That was a sh- of a human being, just a human. That, that was a shining light of a human being. I don't know a whole bunch of Prince songs. I just look at this guy as, as all the lives he's touched. So many lives. And that's kind of what it's about to me. How many lives could you touch? And then, and then to take it one step further, how many lives could you make a difference in? Well, for sure. I mean, I, dro- I got dropped on a show with a bunch of great actors that were practicing a craft for decades, like Boone and Charlie and Tommy, and I got a chance. I got a voice. This guy gave me a voice, and now I'm trying to use it for something decent. Who'd have, I would have never thought I'd make a book, write a book, make a movie. And what's so unbelievable is when you told me that you were going to make a movie, and, you know, I live in Hollywood, so friends of mine tell me they're making a movie all the time, and... Oftentimes you hear about it, but you never see it. But you actually showed up to my house one night with a DVD and said, let's sit down and watch the movie I made. And you blew my mind because your cast was that of like, I mean, there hasn't yeah, been a movie with out. that kind of cast. I mean, unbelievable. There's like 30 people, well-known actors. And 24 actresses. stars in, in my first film, Drea DiMatteo, Mark Boone Jr., Charisma Carpenter. Uh, Emilio Rivera, Marilyn Manson with his new music, Sully from Godsmack and Godsmack new music, Sully new music, quite a few people in, in this first film. And uh, just like Boone said, the script is really good because I couldn't really hardly pay nobody a ton of money. But you, that whole town is built on relationships. That yeah. is a fact. That, that, it, that, that whole it, it town is, is like a, there's a whole bunch of people with a lot of talent going nowhere. And believe it, and I bet you could see it, there's a whole lot of people that are talentless that are driving to the bank every day and getting their residual checks and they're on TV and they're not doing nothing for mankind and they probably don't have a lot of talent, but that's not what that town's based on. Right. And that's why I always try to give back. You know me with my prisoner program of 
putting money on books of people who are serving time, mostly life in prison for cannabis crimes. It's, it's all about giving back this whole life on this. That's our job as human beings in this in this thing called we the race, the and, human race. And I love that back. you have, when I first started hanging out with you, I noticed that you have this absolute bond, this love for your dog. And you're, you're, he is, Frankie is like your son. I have his portrait tattooed on me. So, yeah, I'd say we have a bond. Yeah, you guys definitely have a bond. And he's a pit bull. And there's and so much hype. And we have a rescue dog, too. And a rescue dog. But what's, what's incredible is that, you know, you started a clothing line called Dog Culture. And you were selling shirts and helping animal sure. rescue. I mean, And we it's, give all the money of that, too. So, so, to me, it's like I make stickers and I hand them out. And I basically just try to promote that. And then when the check comes, I pick some rescue and i give them the money that's amazing i love that you do that it's, it's so another nice. way to get it's a way to give back and Man, i love dogs to that. I, I gotta say uh wow whatever Dog, dogs are the best creatures on this planet they, they really are they really are and i just they really are they, i, I want to say something about your relationship with charlie and the sons and my favorite moment now i watched that show religiously and i don't know if it was because I was obsessed with the show or if it was because I was obsessed with watching all my like best friends like on a show that was so cool. And to, I mean, to me it was both and it was just, it was so neat. But at the end of every episode, there was like a, a short episode called anarchy afterward and they would interview different people on the very, very last, the finale of the whole show. Where I uh, took you and your husband. When you I got took to bring us, two friends Yes, you did, and you brought us to the finale party, which was very, very special. We got to watch the last episode with all of our friends, and yes, that was very fancy. I owe you big time. I still have my SOA no, pillow yeah. that I stole for that night, but anyways, I noticed the one thing that... Well, you're done now because they're like, you're still looking for those pillows, and they've been waiting for this interview, and I'm sure knocking on your door before. I'm sure. Open. Well, I, I know we're... <laughs> oh, there between... they are, right there. Holy <laughs> They're not getting it back. Sorry. So anyways, I noticed that they, everyone, every actor kind of took a moment to say like what was special about their character or, or what was great. Yeah. What's that last thing? That last thing. And then right after you spoke and you had just said, you know, that you talked about how you just felt that happy was like real, you know, he was like those, he was really who he is because of your experience, you know, in, in that kind of world. And, but Charlie, Hunnam, the star of the show had to stop and everything. And he had to say, I just want to give my brother a huge, a huge shout out. And he just wanted to mention that you, that David wears many hats in real life, but that it was your energy and your knowledge in this world that brought such an authenticity. We could suffice to say one of the greatest moments of my life. How about that? Well, and what he that did he came for out me and was said bigger you, you, than anything I could have ever done, what he did for me on live but television. It's, but it's, and it's true. He it's knew true. it, that he would do it. You understand? Like, like, how would I know it? How would anybody know it? You know what but, I mean? But it was, was actually DL was that the fact that, you know, in this process that he was saying that if there was ever something he was unsure of when he read a script and he didn't know how to how to handle it or how what the significance of what that meant he says, in, in the motorcycle. Just one question from you. Just one question you answered it all and you clarified it. And that was really incredible to me and that just kind of summed up how all of these guys relied on you so much. Since to you're really gonna bring, bring up Charlie Hunnam, let me just take a moment to say absolutely 
positively in real life. One of the coolest people that I ever met in my lifetime. Classiest. Ever. Classiest, everything about it. All right, so I want, I want to say, if you watch, he, he did this Conan O'Brien interview where he talks about a kid that he met up in Oakland. The kid is the kid that I dedicated my book to. He was shot at 25 and killed. And it was just like, that meant, imagine what that meant to that kid's father, who's a friend of mine. And I said, here, I want you to watch this interview. This guy from the show talked about Will. And it's just, he's all class. That's all I could say. He's all class, all the time. Yes, and, and, he is, and he's such and, a wonderful and guy. It. And he's such a talented actor. And he's such a great friend. He's brilliant. So I, I want to say that, too. Well, thank hey, you, Charlie, for you introducing what, me to you. Brilliant. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for Charlie. So I'm thanking Charlie right now. He's brilliant. I'm over the front. I went over his house, and he's showing me this script. And like, I'm like, what did you like, Kate? What did you watch the History Channel? And you wrote this thing. He goes, Yeah, I saw a show about this on the History Channel. And I took out these whiteboards and I picked out a little part of this guy's life, and I wrote the script. Well, that script sold for a grip. He taught me how to read a script, how to write a script. He taught me, he helped me. All right, so I had a couple people with the script writing. He absolutely taught me, hey, I, like I always say, I came from the Charlie Hunnam School of Acting Men. And he taught me how to understand the psychology of what you're doing, why you're there, like where you came from, where you're going, why you're in that scene. And there's just a lot to know. I mean, imagine, here's a guy from a tattoo shop. Well, let's put him on a show with Katie Seagal, uh, star on Hollywood Boulevard, Sony's Institution, Mark Boone Jr., Tommy Flanagan in everything, Charlie Hunnam. I mean, there's some real stars there, Kim Coates, people that have been doing this for years and years and years. And I'll tell you what, and those people know each other for decades. And when they didn't like a director or somebody came on that show and they didn't particularly like that person so much or that person didn't basically fit into that mold, that guy didn't last too long. So here comes a guy off the street, and I'm really from the world. And those people basically took me under their wing, and you know what I mean? Like, you could be a line reader, or you could be somebody that understands the script, and you understand the psychology, and you understand how to make this believable for the audience. And I, I got blessed. I got lucky. I'm not playing a little bit. I got right. blessed. Yes. So we're going to have to run and take a quick smoke break and listen to a word from our sponsors. But we're going to come right back, and we're going to interview DL, David LaBrava, about Becoming a Son, his book that is now available on Amazon. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right Five back. Five-star reviews. Okay, Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Northwest Alternative Health, Eugene's premier medical marijuana clinic, is proud to sponsor the Oregon Marijuana Business Conference. Are you prepared for the changes in the recreational and medical marijuana markets? The OMB presents the state's top industry experts, along with over 40 exhibitors, and features a keynote by Dr. Carl Hart. Also, tickets include a celebrity interview and private after-party with the one and only Tommy Chong. Join us Sunday, April 24th at the downtown Eugene Hilton, and be a part of Oregon's fastest-growing industry. Check out OregonMBC.com for more details. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be, you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. All right, DL, let's talk about Becoming a Son and where we can buy it, because this is an incredible book. I, you know what? It's, it's a lot of, at least for me, it's about completing things, and I definitely, absolutely didn't always lead an exemplary life. I definitely, absolutely, positively spent a few years as one of the dirtiest, stinkiest, homeless individuals living in a cardboard box that you would see on the side of the road. And I don't mean for a month. I did that for a few years. And to get there takes a minute. You don't just all of a sudden wake up and say, I think I'll move into a cardboard box today. So after the sons had left a real void, I got to admit seven years, I've heard from so many people. I made some of the best friends of my life. And other people that are very deep in that industry are like, you don't get to do that too often. Get on a show for seven years and make a bunch of friends and have a lot of fun. And so I, sh- I used the momentum of the show. As soon as the show was over, I shot a movie called Street Level. But at that same time, I was writing a book. As soon as the movie's done being shot, you still got 159 days of post. Well, at that point, I said to everybody, I'm going to write a book. I had been working on it a little bit, but I said, I want my book to come out right when the movie comes out. That's exactly what happened, because it all pertains. DL, who told you to write a book? My brain. Oh, really? I don't know, because it's it's all legacy. You don't remember who told you to write a book? Oh, no, I take it back. No, you know, I said, dig that. You're a man who is one of the coolest people I ever met, helps everybody, my great friend, He's written a couple books, and he says, you got to write a book. I says, I can't write a book. He says, you got to write a book. I says, I can't write a book. <laughs> he says, no, listen to me. you got to sit down and write a book. He goes, I don't care what you write about. you got to write a book, and you and this opportunity has a time limit. So you have to write that book, and you got to get it going. So then I thought about it, and I thought about it. I mean, writing a book ain't no easy trick. That's outlines after outlines after outlines after outlines. I went to Indonesia for, I think, 28 days, and I, I surfed my brains out, but when I went to Indonesia, I had like an ulterior motive. I was going to write, I wrote 80,000 words in Indonesia. And that's when I realized, Oh gosh, you're about halfway. Wow. You have a lot to do. And put this way, like in the beginning of the book, there are so many, like a diamond, there's so many facets to one man's life. 
I picked one part of my life that I thought would help people. Nobody wants to read about the good surfing trips and the good this and that. They Everybody, just how it is, people want to read about the story of redemption or the story of, like, it wasn't so great and it got better or whatever. But that's what I decided to write about, how I ended up on the street and the thought pattern that I could myself, with no help from anyone or a meeting or anything, to stop being where I was, change my life, and actually take my life back. And I think it's an amazing but, story. Hey, getting five-star reviews, which is amazing. My mom's so proud. Everyone and really needs to go read this, if you, especially if you're a fan of, of Sons of Anarchy. But you don't have to be a fan of Sons of Anarchy well, to enjoy this book because it has nothing to do with Sons. Real subtly. Deal, I love the description you wrote of Becoming a Son is a modern-day story of living on the street in redemption. It's one man's journey into the darkness of himself, crossing the planet and transcending all levels, and then coming back again full circle. It's an inspiration for anyone who's chasing their dreams and making them a reality. So I think that you guys really That's what this whole life's about. That it, it is a classic that people are going to want to read. It's going to inspire so many people, and, and you are such an inspiration. So thank you so much, Deal, because you know you could have just, you know, said screw it. Why even share my story? But you knew that it was important because no, that's uh, it's very important. It's extremely important. What's the gravestone going to say? I bellied up to the bar and bought everybody's drinks, or I brought art and culture to a planet that so desperately needed it. I'm the second one. Oh, I love I'm the that guy about bringing you. the art and culture. You know, the, uh, everybody's bellying up to the bar buying drinks. That's okay. We we got enough of them people. Well, where can we find your book? I know it's available on Amazon.com. Amazon.com and Kindle. Those are the two platforms. Beautiful. And what's cool. your, do you want people to follow you on Instagram or Twitter? David Labrava? Yeah, you should definitely follow. It's pretty funny. On the Twitter, it's just David Labrava, and you can see me. You, you, you'd easily wow. I always write in capitals, like since I started. And yes, you always know. He's not angry. He's not angry. He's a glass artist. Intense. I'm in dab culture. Believe that. What Amazing a short interview. We could, have, we could have talked for hours. I, I told you. Like, we didn't even get to go into half of what we can get into. So we're going to have to have you back on soon. How about that? Oh, yeah. I started doing glass. Not even started. I started doing glass in Eugene, Oregon. But I ended up doing glass at a place called the Cannabis College in Amsterdam where the tourists would come watch us, and that's porcelain glass. So I'm making bubblers, and I'm making stuff, and tourists could come watch us do it, which is a cool experience. Well, you are the coolest dude ever, but unfortunately we're out of time. But I'd love to thank my producers for making the show sound so lovely Thanks, all the time. Brasco. Thanks, Brasco. And I would like to thank my awesome guest, my big bro, DL, David no Bravo. Thank you. Thank you for having me so much. You rock. You absolutely rock, Dr. Dina. You rock in this world. Keep up the great work, too. You can believe there's a lot of people like uh, appreciating it, counting on it, counting on it. Well, All them people I love you're you. Helping locked up, you got to be kidding me. That's what we try to hero. do. We try to keep it going, making everyone happy. So join us again for another edition of Cannabis Confidential. I'm Dr. Dina. Time to light them Tell up. Tell the wizard I said hello.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.